0: My goal is to help parents support their children in finding and reaching their own unique potential. The podcast is a place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your village founder and your host, Erin Royer. Hello, everyone. Today, I'm discussing a great topic. I think it's really important to a lot of parents today, and that is how to set and honor healthy boundaries for both kids and parents and between kids and parents. So one of the many amazing things about toddlers, and infants too, of course, is that they're so pure. Now, what I mean by this is they haven't been indoctrinated into the habits, belief systems, and thought patterns yet that plague most of modern society, meaning us adults. One of the ways this shows up is that they're incredibly good at setting boundaries. They know right away if they like something or don't like something, if they do or don't want to do something, and they will let us know. So parents today seem to be more aware and open to the idea than any other generation past that we want our kids to have the courage to be themselves, their full selves, to not have to squeeze into a box that doesn't fit and to pretend to be okay with it if they're not. But we often have two issues with this that we aren't sure how to manage. The first being, we don't want kids to be impolite or worse, downright rude about it. Second, where is the line exactly? There are some things in life they won't love, but they need to give it a try or even get through it sometimes, right? So today I'm going to help shed some light on this exact topic, and one I think is really interesting, because parents today want their kids to develop a strong sense of self-awareness and communication skills that support their child's mental health. So When we grew up in unhealthy patterns of relating that go back generations, it gets really ingrained. And it's so prevalent throughout most of the world, it's difficult to know what healthy patterns look like, let alone how to create this new paradigm in our own homes and with our own families. So today I'm going to talk about this one aspect of healthy relational patterns around setting and honoring healthy boundaries. What are some healthy boundaries that kids will set? How can we teach them to be assertive and confident yet polite about it? What boundaries are ones that are important for parents to set and how can we do so in the same way? The first step is to understand what is a healthy boundary? What do we mean by a healthy boundary? I just did air quotes. You can't see me. (laughs) Boundaries are essential to having strong and healthy relationships. Having healthy boundaries means establishing your limits And clearly expressing them. Their purpose is to protect our own emotional, mental, and physical health and well being. Now, traditionally, kids' boundaries have not even been considered, let alone honored, or a priority for adults in most societies. We just now, in recent decades, started to recognize the importance of allowing children to have a voice about protecting their own emotional health and well being. And it sometimes spills over, and it's a fine line into indulgent parenting. But allowing children to assert boundaries and helping them by protecting them is not indulgent parenting. I'm going to explain how you can tell the difference. Because children who don't learn healthy boundaries, setting and honoring others' boundaries will become adults who don't know how to set and or honor healthy boundaries and therefore their own emotional health and well-being. And since this is such a prevalent pattern, chances are high that there was some form of unhealthy pattern in your home growing up. So I'm gonna quickly cover a couple of common patterns so you can see if either or both of these resonate for you and then how it may play out in your own parenting and your own life for that matter. Then I'm gonna cover how kids try to set boundaries for themselves, how we can honor them, teach good social skills around setting those boundaries, in order to allow them to break this pattern and allow for better emotional health, to allow them to set boundaries around their own emotional health and well-being so they can move forward and have healthy relationships in their life going forward. And with us too, of course. So here's a couple of common patterns around this area. Children's boundaries are often ignored and or their feelings are not allowed. So these can kind of go hand in hand. I'm going to Lean on the boundary piece. In another episode, I'm going to talk more about the feelings piece, but these can actually just go together or blend together, but there's no room for the child's emotional needs is basically what happens or has happened for generations past and has been passed down again and again. So some children, the more persistent children may get louder and more insistent. There will become a lot of tension, a lot of strife and resentments will ensue on both sides. Other children learn to ignore their own needs, their emotional needs or otherwise, in order to survive in their family of origin. They learn that my needs don't matter. My boundaries don't matter. So they, meaning my boundaries, have no purpose. And so I grow into an adult that doesn't know how to connect with and share my boundaries because they've been bowled over so much in the past. Then as a parent, it becomes hard to understand how to allow and create healthy boundaries for our children when it's such a foreign world to us. They become so knocked over. They're so soft. We don't even know where to set them. And we don't know what it looks like when our child tries to set a healthy boundary. But they're coming into the world knowing how to set these healthy boundaries. So now we're trying to navigate this. So if we were taught to ignore our boundaries, we became responsible for behaving in ways that were comfortable to the adults around us, taking care of their boundaries. So there is this dynamic where the child can have no boundaries and learns to have no voice to self-advocate. Now, the other pattern, and this is really just the other side of the same coin, is if you had a parent who's, whose parent grew up with not feeling heard and not being allowed to set boundaries. So now they are making a lot of room, often too much room, for the child to set boundaries because the parent's boundaries are really soft. So now the child gets to be strong and set the boundaries. And soon the child is setting all the boundaries and the parent is setting none or very few because they didn't learn how to set their own boundaries. So now this is where we have the imbalance just into the other direction. This is where we can have the overindulgent parenting because the parent doesn't know how to set the boundaries, the child setting all the boundaries, and they're kind of running the show. Neither way is healthy, right? The child not having any boundaries, the child having all the boundaries. We want a balance. So now I'm going to cover the different types of boundaries our kids will try to set how we can handle each of these types of boundaries so we can help them develop these really healthy social emotional skills around this area, and then boundaries parents can set and how they can do that in a healthy way. And this way, we have a healthy balance and pattern in the home for our children to take with them into their relationships going forward. The first type of boundary kids will try to set is boundaries around body autonomy. These can sometimes sound rude or very off-putting to adults, but it's important to allow children to have these boundaries, help them express them, but in appropriate ways, and then help them hold those boundaries. This will sound like, I don't want to hug. I'm full. I don't want to eat anymore. I don't want to give grandma a kiss. Stop touching my leg. Or they'll even just physically move away and move our hand. They're setting a boundary and they're being very assertive about it. These are healthy boundaries. Just because it's grandma or aunt or brother or mom or dad does not mean they owe us physical affection anytime we want it. When we think about that from an adult to an adult level, we can see how that sounds really unhealthy. Yet when we think about our kids, there's such a strong, almost unconscious belief that children owe family members physical affection, and it's simply untrue. We often will take it personally as a rejection rather than seeing it for what it is, an actual healthy boundary that they should be allowed to assert anywhere, anytime, with anyone. Because this is the belief system we want them to have as they get older with anyone else, right? We want our kids to be able to say no to any type of physical affection that they don't want or physical touching may not even be affection. So I actually remember my daughter at three, maybe four Not wanting me to rub her leg, she picked up my hand and she moved it. And I was a little bit hurt, to be perfectly honest, until I thought about it and I reframed it and I realized that just because she's my daughter and I was only showing true, honest affection, it didn't mean she owed it to me to accept it. She's allowed to decide if, where, and when she wants to accept or give affection. It didn't mean she doesn't love me or was mad at me, or anything at all. It wasn't personal. So just understanding that this is a healthy boundary that your child is practicing and will need throughout life is the first step. Now, it's funny, because when I told her that story, I don't know, maybe a month ago, she laughed, because she's just the most affectionate person in the world. She still loves to cuddle. We will lay on my bed and watch a show on Netflix together. She puts her head up on my shoulder, and she loves to be very affectionate and cuddle. So it was very... um, out of character for her, but it was her trying to assert her independence, which I allowed her to do at that time. So it's hard to explain to grandma or Aunt Rose that we don't force affection. You may get comments about your child being rude or how indulgent parents are these days or any other number of things. These are family patterns rearing their ugly heads, the guilt and the manipulation, and it's common in a lot of families. But knowing you are advocating for your child in setting healthy boundaries is not indulgent. It's guiding, teaching, and protecting them from perpetuating unhealthy patterns. You don't have to get into a whole explanation, but you can simply say something like, we feel forcing physical affection is unhealthy for her sense of self. She still loves you. When she warms up, maybe she'll feel like it later. But this is one of the decisions that are important to leave up to her. So this is you as the parent setting a healthy boundary on behalf of your child and backing them up on their boundaries. And that's probably new to you too. So if there's anything that helps us parents grow into the strongest, most healthy version of ourselves is the love for our children. Sometimes we have to step up and do those really uncomfortable things. So there are some things you can do to help your children set these boundaries in ways that are more diplomatic than children tend to be naturally. So that's why we use the phrase, out of the mouths of babes, right? They can be brutally honest. So helping them temper the brutal part is definitely helpful. I don't want a kiss from grandma, her whiskers hurt my cheek. So I'm going to talk about that, the other types of healthy boundaries kids will set and how to guide them, right after a word from our sponsors. To me, there is nothing more important than my family's health and well-being, In laboratory studies, users saw noticeably cleaner air in just 30 minutes. When it comes to babies and children, there's nothing worse than dealing with a cranky baby or child who can't sleep because of congestion. Air purifiers can help reduce congestion and improve immune system function to fight those winter colds and flus. I use my Pure air purifiers to clean the air in my home, especially in our bedrooms while we sleep. It has a quiet, relaxing hum and cleans the air from pet dander, allergens, viruses, dust, mold, odors, and contaminants. It has four levels, low, medium, high, and sleep, and four different timer options so you can customize it to your home and your needs. Check out PuroAir at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R dot com. PuroAir is the only air filter that uses a HIPAA 14 filter. That's getpuroair.com. Hey parenting Beyond Discipline listeners. Visit homethreads.com parenting today and get a code for 15% off your order. That's homethreads.com parenting to get your code for 15% off your order because great parenting deserves a great home. Home Threads, love where you live. Now that we're back, I'm going to talk about how to help kids be more diplomatic in setting boundaries. So the first time a child sets a boundary around their body autonomy, it will likely come as a surprise. So you can coach in that moment and then prior to seeing the person the next time. So it's you want, might want to say something like, it's okay if you don't feel like getting kisses right now, but it is important to greet people kindly when we see them. How would you feel about a hug, a handshake, or a high five instead and a nice hello? Letting children know that greetings are important, but they have options about how they want to engage in that greeting. Now, of course, coaching them on how to politely say no. And this will vary by age, obviously. If you've got a three-year-old, you're going to talk to them differently than a five- or six-year-old. Explaining that the whiskers comment or that grandma smells funny comment they made last time might hurt her feelings. So I just have to tell this story because it came to to my mind when I was saying this. So I was about five years old. And we were all at the beach and we're getting ready to go outside. And my grandma came out in her swimsuit and I'd never seen my grandma in a swimsuit. And she comes out and I said, grandma, you look funny in your bathing suit. And I, as a young child, did not mean it the way that she took it. Obviously, you know, we women have a lot of issues around our body and um, body shame. And of course, she took it that way what I meant was she was wearing like a grandma bathing suit, right? It was a suit I wasn't used to seeing, you know, it was covered a lot more. It had a little skirt on it, the whole thing. It was a grandma bathing suit. So I actually meant she had a funny looking bathing suit. Not that she looked funny in her bathing suit, but you know, I was five or four and it just came right out. And of course I hurt her feelings when I said that. And As an adult, I feel terrible. Well, I felt terrible even then. I was like, "What did I say?" Like I, you know, there's a whole level of psychology that was completely missing from my worldview and understanding as a five-year-old. That you understand as a woman who goes through, you know, growing older and having children and having your body stretched out, and you know, the expectations of women in their bodies. Whole different understanding than what I had. So I just had to share that. Okay, so let's get back to we're talking about boundaries here. So, prior to the next meeting, so say you've had an incident, they said they didn't want to hug, didn't want to kiss, and you explain politely at the time. So, now prior to the next meeting, you can talk about this with your child before you leave the house or in the car on the way. Grandma really likes to hug hello. If you're feeling like giving her a hug, that would be awesome. But if you aren't in the mood for a hug, that's okay too. But it's important to give a nice greeting. So, think about if you don't want to do a hug, what you would prefer instead a handshake, a high five, a fist bump. And definitely a nice hello. So you want to give them those options. Now, the other body autonomy boundaries can be around food. I'm full. I don't want to eat anymore. I don't want to try that. Children are really good at their fullness and hunger cues. They are tuned into their bodies. As adults, we've likely gotten out of tune because of messages growing up about finishing what's on our plate, try everything so that you don't hurt your aunt's feelings, these are unhealthy patterns, making kids responsible for other people's feelings. And so they have to try something or eat something because they don't want to hurt someone else's feelings. And then pushing them to finish what's on their plate because the parent feels like they haven't eaten enough and not letting the child connect to their fullness cues. Now, I'm all for kids developing a wide palette of healthy eating options, but there's a right way to do it and a not so good way to do it. And well, making them responsible for hurting an adult's feelings over trying food, or pushing them to try something when they don't feel like it is definitely not the best way. And I think we can all relate, or most of us, to this anyway. I know I heard that growing up. Finish what's on your plate. Try everything. I only gave you a couple bites. You have to eat this. Anyway, if kids are eating healthy throughout the day, meals and snacks, then eating a small dinner and feeling full, there's no need for concern. If the snacks were not so healthy, and now they're not hungry at dinner, and they ate a big bag of chips or something, this just means we want to think about shifting snacks to something more healthy and, of course, maybe earlier in the day so that they have an appetite for dinner. So we'll just do some shifts around that because then it becomes a lot easier to let them say they're full and not eat as much if we're not worried about, oh, they just ate a big bag of chips and didn't get any nutrition and now that they really need to eat these carrots. So forcing kids to try something is the worst way to get them to open their minds and therefore their palates to a new food. The basic rule around food we want to give is parents are in charge of what is offered. Kids are in charge of what and how much they eat of what's offered. Now, there's a whole lot of ways to navigate this in healthy ways, emotionally and nutritionally, to make sure you're giving your child the best opportunity to open to new tastes. So if you want to know more about that, there are two classes on healthy eating. One's called Mealtimes for Infants and Toddlers. The other one is Healthy Eating for Preschool and Beyond. That's on the website at yourvillageonline.com if you want to know more about that and all the ways that you can set up these really healthy habits and opening up a palate in a way that isn't forcing them to take bites of something that they're just not open to yet. Okay, some other boundaries kids will set. I can do it myself. It's hard to be patient with their process, but allowing kids to take the time they need to try to do it themselves is so healthy for their development of self and autonomy and independence. So if you're finding this is an issue, it's bumping you up against the time to leave, you can set them up for success by giving them more time. So this was my daughter with getting dressed by herself, starting at around age two. What I had to do was start her routine first. Then I could allow her all the time she wanted to button her own pants while I got her brothers ready to go. So I remember so distinctly, she was so little, and she didn't have the dexterity yet in her fingers. You know, toddler fingers, they're short, they're stubby, and they just don't have that fine motor skill yet. So she couldn't button her own pants, but she was determined. So I started letting her go at it, like I said, by getting her started first. And the first day I did this, she took 20 minutes. She kept trying, and she finally came to me for help. But This day, I didn't have to force her. I didn't have to say, we've got to go. I'm sorry you have to let me do it because then we have a whole meltdown ensuing, right? So I got to let her give her all the opportunity that she needed to feel like she really gave it her best shot. So she gives it her best shot for as long as she needs and then it's easier she allows me to go ahead and help her when she can't quite get it. But sure enough, within two weeks, she was doing it all by herself. So think about how awesome that was for her to get that room to try for the amount of time that she needed. And then when she finally accomplished it after trying for two weeks, how proud she must have been of herself. For me, a daughter who feels empowered to do things for herself and is dressing herself at two, that's a win for me. Accomplishment builds her self-esteem. Self-esteem builds a desire to accomplish more and try more and risk more. So it's a positive upward cycle for our kids. So win, win, win all the way around. Another boundary kids will often set for themselves will be something around play. I don't wanna go play right now. We wanna honor that, not push them to go play. We can encourage, offer to go along, offer to let them sit until they feel ready, always allowing the option for your child to sit and observe or stay with you until they feel comfortable and then offering to go along with them. Going and playing with your child to get them more comfortable pushing them on the swing, going down the slide, sitting down with the other kids, playing in the sandbox, going over and playing blocks or trains with them at the play date, if this is something that will help them. So I actually remember helping a mom at a dance class many, many years ago. My twins were four. They're both in this dance class. And she would get so frustrated because her daughter would beg to go to dance class and then wouldn't stay in the room if her mom wasn't in there with her. Mom felt really embarrassed because none of the other moms had to be in the room. So she would get into this cycle. She would tell her daughter. She told me all this when I sat down to talk to her. She said, I told her that if we go, you have to stay in the room by yourself. I'm not going in with you. But then they'd get there and the daughter wouldn't stay in the room. And the mom would be frustrated because she set a boundary that she couldn't set. And she either has to take her daughter home or try to get her daughter in the room. And she was just getting extremely frustrated about what to do. Didn't really know what to do. So I sat her down and I reassured her and I said, it's okay to stay in the room. One day it's your daughter, but another day it's going to be someone else's daughter. Bringing her so that she gets to dance and be around other kids and have the experience and having mom in the room is way better than staying home and not doing it at all, not getting exposed to it at all, especially because she wanted to go and she was so excited. And then you want to approach it with, I know you're feeling anxious about being in the room without me. So I'll sit quietly in the corner Soon, you won't even want me to stay. And when that day comes, just let me know. You know, we worry so much about what other parents think and what they're judging. We're comparing our kids to theirs. But being there for our kids in these ways builds their confidence, builds their sense of security. And once that's solid, they will build their sense of autonomy. They need the security to build the autonomy. And every child is different. Not every child is going to boldly go, to join every group and every class without even so much as a look back. So allowing, encouraging without pushing helps them know you're there to support them, which builds the confidence to allow them to eventually venture on their own. Okay, so I wanted to get into parents today, and we're getting a little long, um, so I didn't even get to talk about parent boundaries. I have touched on it in other episodes, but I would like to get into this deeper And more all-encompassing in one episode. So we'll save that for a later episode. Oh, I also wanted to announce that Ashley, my graphic designer, who's been with me, like I said, since the beginning. If this is is the first episode for you, Ashley's my graphic designer. She has been with me since the very beginning of starting this business. Oh, gosh. Um, For eight years. And she was single when she started working with me. Um, She had a boyfriend, but they ended up getting married. Now they have a beautiful baby boy. So I'm really happy for them, and she's out on maternity leave for a while bonding with her baby. So I'm very excited for this time for her and her little family. If you'd like to learn more about allowing healthy boundaries around mealtimes while still setting up the best opportunity for success in long-term healthy eating habits, you can see those two classes on the website. If you aren't sure how to set healthy boundaries around separation anxiety, I have a class on that as well. Of course, all the positive discipline classes, which are just a strong foundation for healthy relationships in general. All 60 parenting classes are on the website, on demand at yourvillageonline.com. Thanks for listening, and see you next week. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it.